You're listening to Pipes, Pours, and Pals. I'm your pal Justin. And I'm your pal Nate. How you doing today, buddy? Pretty fantastic, man. How you doing? Man, I'm doing swell. Yeah? It's been a long week. I agree. It's been a really long week. I've had the phones for work. Ugh. So yeah, if our, if our, I got the phones right now for work, uh, if our recording seems cut up, it's probably because I didn't know how to, I probably because I had to answer my work phone. Yeah. And I had to pause this and I completely forgot where we left off. So that's just a precursing warning. Editor in chief is what I call Ed- you. Editor in chief. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see how it goes. I hope my phone doesn't ring. I'm sick of hearing it ring this week. Yeah. I've been here like an hour. I'm sick of hearing it ring too. <laughs> it's only rang once I think while you were here yeah it was super annoying <laughs> <laughs> I uh I had a really rough night last night yeah I told you a little bit about it but it was it was an eventful night last night but uh anyway this is not a podcast where we talk about things that happen at work although we do sometimes this is a podcast about pipes pours and pals and uh we are sitting here enjoying a little bit of all three. Yes, we are. Super excited about that after a stressful day at work. I agree, man. I couldn't agree more. Yeah? Yeah. How's the sciencey stuff going at work? Just like... Nobody cares. It's all right. Let's just, <laughs> I'm just I find it super interesting because you're the only scientist I know. Scientist is a strong word. I, you're the scientist person I know. That, I'll That's not that. even a word. No, I'll take that, though. That... That feels right. Does it feel right? Scientist. Scientist? Yeah. I just made that word up. I like it. You should put that on. You should get business cards made <laughs> and put your name, uh-huh. Indiana Nate, scientist person. No, I think that's good. I feel like people who are really scientists um, would be super annoyed if, like, if I was called a scientist. But I feel like if you called me scientist, like he's pretty scientist, they'd be like, okay, that's fair. Listen, I get that you may not actually be a scientist, but some of the stuff that you've explained to me with like the antigens and all that stuff that you guys look at, yeah, that's scientist stuff to me. Like, well, it's very true. I mean, yeah. my my degree is of uh, is a science degree. You know what I mean? But you're you're my only scientist friend. <laughs> We're I'll, going with it. I'll take it. On to a real topic that our listeners actually care about because they couldn't give two sniffs about what we do for a living. That's true. And anything about our troubles. They come they come here to 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 kick back, relax, and enjoy a, a nice pipe with us. Yeah. Well, I kicked back and relaxed. I had a cup of coffee before we got started. Was it that Patriot Flake? Uh <laughs> I mean that Patriot Roast. <laughs> it's called Freedom Roast. Patriot Flake, Freedom Roast, whatever. Is that good it's, coffee? It's, it's all the same. It's good coffee. You got it at Cabela's on sale? I did. I got it at Cabela's on sale. I love Black Rifle coffee. Good stuff. Yep. Um, it's what I drink most of the time. And uh, recently, I've been drinking just black forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, we talked about it last episode, this Freedom Roast. And it was really good. And I've really been enjoying it. No, you know, I'm sorry. This is not Freedom Roast. Oh. This is a new one. Really? This is not Freedom Roast. This is our brand new subscription because I changed my subscription from just black and this one is called it's got a snake on it what's what's it called uh don't tread on me you're you're close you're close don't step on snake no step on snake <laughs> I'll find it here I know what it is 
You know what's upsetting to me while you look for that? Earlier we went upstairs and we had s'mores that your wife made, and they were the best s'more I think I've ever had in my entire life. Yeah. And then you got yourself a cup of coffee, and you didn't offer me one at all. I'm sorry. Would you like coffee? There's coffee upstairs. No, not now. It's called Coffee or Die. The bag's cool. I would have never gotten that from this See, you drink cool beers. I drink cool coffees with cool bags. That is a, you know what that reminds me of? What? Those snake fireworks. You ever like yeah, those yeah, yeah. Look like dog poop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just a bag of dog poop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's called coffee or die. The, mm. the segmented snake that's. But no, uh, coffee or die was, is a really, really good blend. I liked it. Good. Yeah. It's, um, tastes like coffee. Oh, that's my favorite kind. I, I would consider myself a connoisseur of coffee. I love coffee-flavored coffee. Coffee-flavored coffee. It's got notes of coffee. And mm. it kind of reminded me of this um, this little clip. I do. I know a fair amount about fine food and drink. Um, this is a white. <laughs> Guys, listen up, okay? Sound advice. I've been married for almost 14 years, okay? Sound advice. If your wife is ever angry, you just look at her and in the most patronizing way possible, say, dear, you need to calm down. You're overreacting. See, I've never tried this And before. she'll just immediately calm down. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it next time I you get should. to a spat. Yep. Next time you guys are arguing about something, just in the most patronizing way possible. Well, I'm a patriot, so I always do that. Yes. Listen, dear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Calm down. <laughs> You're overreacting. Like th- just like that. Okay. The, the inflection and everything. I promise you. You won't be fighting anymore. Okay. You might be dead. But you won't be fighting anymore. Win-win. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, we would love to hear some of your great marital advice like that. So reach out to us at pipespoorsandpals at gmail.com. Or at the socials at Pipes, Pours, and Pals. Or you can reach Nate at Indiana Nate. Because Nate's only been married for a little over a year. And I need all the help I can get. He could use all of your awesome help. Just like the help I just gave him, he could use that same help. Uh, If you wanted to reach me, which I don't know why you'd want to because I'm a perfect husband. But (laughs) if you wanted to reach me, you could reach me at differently than what I've always told you guys. Because I realized this week that I'm a buffoon. I keep telling you at Coffee Pot Codger. But I realized that is not my handle really it's at the coffee pot codger so here's my question uh-huh this is like our 20th episode yeah this is episode 20 and you just now got it right i just now got it right <laughs> just now got it right episode 20 that's awesome yeah it's at the coffee pot codger yeah those are important but people have still reached out to me yeah and they still got me at coffee pot codger so Obviously, I have no idea what I'm doing when it comes to social media. Well, so just just find me. Just search for me. It's either at Coffee Pot Codger or at the Coffee Pot Codger. It feels so elitist to say the Coffee Pot Codger. Like you're the only one. Like you're the original. Well, I, the OG. I am the I am the OG Coffee Pot Codger. It's true. You watch NFL. Yeah. You know when they do the the things at the beginning and the guys say where they're going to school. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. The They're different players. Introducing the offense and defense. You ever, you ever noticed that some of those guys the say, Ohio State. The Ohio State University. Every time. Yeah. Every time. 
I am the coffee pot codger on Instagram. Apparently. No, that's good. Yeah. So, um, talked about our coffee. That's where we got off track. You mentioned those s'mores. Oh, yeah. Best s'mores ever had. Yeah. My wife, absolute genius, Mrs. Codger, phenomenal cook, lovely lady, good looking lady. Reason I'm fat. Um, <laughs> no joke. I've gained over 100 pounds since we've been married, dude. Phenomenal cook. She likes me chunky, apparently, because she she knows that I want to eat well right now. Still made s'mores. Yeah. Love it. It's just rude. Yeah, she made s'mores in the oven with Ghirardelli caramel-filled chocolate squares. Yeah. And good Lord, those were amazing. Yeah, the thought has never crossed my mind yeah. to use anything but Hershey or Reese's. Yep. But holy cow. Yeah, probably the best s'more I've ever had in my life. They can been even better though, because those were just the regular milk chocolate with caramel. Yeah, they could have been the dark chocolate sea salt caramel ones. That would have been heaven. Yeah. So, Mrs. Codger, this is a challenge. <laughs> Next time, maybe don't slack off and do the milk chocolate caramel ones, and do our favorite ones. Okay. And make sure that I'm here. Make sure that Nate's here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. I don't talk to my wife that way, except for when we're when I really feel like getting punched. That's fair. Yeah. So, I actually, my wife and I banter back and forth like this a lot. Yeah. And one of our sales guys, this was years ago. I was an attic rat at the time, and uh, one of our sales guys was shadowing us, and he overheard a conversation of me and my wife talking on the phone, and we were having this back and forth banter. And a little bit later, he asks the guy that's working with me. He was like. Does Justin beat his wife? <laughs> I just listened to the way he talks to her. It seems like he would beat his wife. Mrs. Codger, I, I'm telling you, if I ever laid a hand on her, she would beat the tar out of me. I mean, I don't mean this derogatorily or like in a mean way or anyway, uh -huh. anything, but uh, I get the vibe that she could throw down. Oh, yeah. Like, I get the vibe that she's not somebody to trifle with, really. I'm saying she has this look in her eye like like she could probably beat the, the snot out of me. Yeah. Um. So I learned really quickly. We, we live on a kind of a homestead thing. Mm. Uh, I learned really quickly that I would never want to anger her and mess with her mm -hmm. after I saw her butcher animals. She's a mean, lean, sadistic killing machine. When it comes to butchering animals, like does it with a smile on her face. Yeah. She actually bought a knife from Smoky Mountain Knife Works specifically for killing farm animals. We have yeah. a good knife. Yeah. You don't want them to suffer. She really, really enjoys butchering animals. Well, that's like she does some sort of like blood sacrifice. <laughs> like when there's a full moon, she's like doing sacrifices and like wiping the blood on her face and stuff like that. She doesn't do that. That's just a joke, but um, no joke. Okay. Mrs. Codger, we used to raise quail. We don't anymore because they're a pain in the butt, but we used to raise Caternix quail. And when it would come time to butcher, she would literally just reach into the cage, grab one, pop its head off with her hands, snap its knees, break its legs off, turn it inside out like it was wearing a sweater and just pull all the skin and feathers off 
and then reach up its butt with her fingers and pull all the guts out. And boom, completely cleaned quail in 30 seconds. I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. That's a scary woman. Yeah, that's... That's terrifying. I would love to see that. I mean, <laughs> I might vomit, but I think it would be very interesting to see. I'm going to go get a quail. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> that was way off topic. Well, we're going to stay off topic for one second because you uh-huh. mentioned ritual sacrifice. Uh-huh. And... uh we had this family friend when I was a kid and they had horses and, and goats and they sold them. They put them in 4-H and sold them and stuff. But they had this goat that they wanted to sell and they ended up selling it to this gentleman and he showed up and he was a gentleman from Middle Eastern descent. And when he showed up, he paid them the money and then he pulled out a knife and slit its throat right in front of him. And the the mom of just started screaming and crying, but it's like, it was part of their religion or tradition. But uh, yeah, she was like horrified by the whole, but you saying that Mrs. Codger does ritual sacrifices made me think of this. She doesn't actually do ritual sacrifices. I know. <laughs> but this well, person- Just did. to be clear, my wife does not do animal sacrifices. Let's just edit that whole story. <laughs> no, it's fine. We can we can leave that in there. It's, it's great content. It's absolutely great content. I'm not editing it out. And I'm the editor. So editor in chief, baby. Yeah. Yeah. So- Staying in there. All right. The fact that that goat died right there on the property is great content. The blood went everywhere. The blood went everywhere. We just had like four people faint just from this conversation. Four of our listeners have fainted, but guess what? They're going to listen to the entire episode before they wake up. There so, you go. Boom. Numbers, baby. Subliminal. Yeah. We talked about the coffee. We talked about the s'mores. Yeah. Let's talk about what we're drinking. Okay. Okay. Why don't you go first? <laughs> Nate's really got to think about the notes in his drink. So Yeah, I'm, I'm going to concentrate for a second. He wants me to go first. I was walking through the beer aisle at the grocery store. Because when I go grocery shopping, I have to walk through the beer aisle. Of course. Because I'm an addict. You're a connoisseur. I'm a connoisseur, yes. There's a fine line between connoisseur and addict, isn't there? <laughs> it's one I'm willing to tread. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, but I love Gingling. I've talked about Gingling many times on here. It's a kind of a East Coast, um, Midwestern um, type drink. I don't think that's Pennsylvania every, originally. Yeah, Pennsylvania. Oldest brewing company in the country. Yeah. So I've tried Yingling, a couple different types of Yingling. I've had regular Yingling. I've had Yingling Light. I have had Yingling Black and Tan. My favorite of the Yingling family. Um, the only thing I haven't tried so far that I thought was Yingling Flight which is like their full-flavored light beer, supposed to be. Which is different than their light. Yes, supposedly. I haven't tried it yet. I've had it. Is it better? No. You liked the light, so... But it wasn't better. It wasn't better. Okay. Well, I saw a new one this week. I didn't realize this existed. It is Yingling Raging Eagle. Had you ever heard of this? Never, no. It is a beer with natural mango flavor. And the mango is not what caught my eye. The box? So I've had this envy. You drink all these cool, like, hipster drinks. And they always have cool bottles, cool boxes. They got really cool pictures on them. Yeah. And my Coors Light has just got a blue mountain on it. It's always the same. Always the same. Always, like, super subpar. None of the cheap beers have cool marketing on them. And I was walking past the Yingling stuff just looking like I always do, like, salivating and i saw this bo- this box and it's got this cool like sc- 
like raging eagle on it. And he's got his talons out. I was like, that's a really cool box. Oh, it's Yingling. That's cool. So then I looked at it a little deeper. I love the name Raging Eagle. Yeah. And then it said Mango. And I was like, ah. <laughs> mango beer. I'm not so sure. Um, I like beer. I like Yingling. I like Mango. I was like, I'll give it a try. And pleasantly surprised. Uh, it's got notes of beer and mango. You know, that's a very accurate description because yeah. it literally tastes like beer with mango in it. Yeah. It's a pretty good combination. Surprisingly, it is pretty good. Yeah. Like, I was genuinely surprised because I found it to be rather tasty. It's almost confusing. Like, I took a drink. It's like whenever you drink seltzer water and you, like, at first you don't really taste very much, but then after you swallow... You get that fruity essence that comes through in the seltzer waters. Yeah. It reminded me of that. It's like when I first took a drink, I was like, oh, it tastes like beer. But then after you swallow, then it's like that mango comes through on the back end. Mm -hmm. And you're like, ooh, that's weird. I like that, I think. You know what this reminded me of? Mildly reminded me of an IPA. I think it's a good like. Mildly. Just because of the fruitiness of it, I feel like it could be a, a, almost like a gateway drug. Yeah, there's a fruitiness and a light, a slight bitter aftertaste. Maybe very slight. Yeah, I still have the bitter taste in my mouth, which is the thing I don't like about IPAs is they're very hoppy and bitter, but they do have that citrusy, tropical fruitiness to them. Um, at least from what I've experienced from what IPAs I have drank, mm -hmm. this is like IPA light for me. It's actually enjoyable. It's good. But I don't know. My first drink with it, I was like, oh, it's a little too much like an IPA, which probably is nothing like an IPA, but it had like flavors of an IPA. I could see if you didn't normally drink IPAs, which you don't normally drink IPAs. Right. I could see why a drink uh, of that would make you be reminiscent of IPAs on your palate. Now, I should say this. We know absolutely nothing about beer other than it's delicious. Yeah. Other than we love to drink it and it tastes really good. Yeah. Most. Most taste really good. Yeah. I had some gross beers. Some stinkers every once in a while. Yeah. I actually bought a pack of Coors Banquet uh, last week. That six pack? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Must have sat out in the sun or something before it got put on the shelf and it uh, is skunky. Ugh. Yeah. Talk about a surprise because I hate skunky beers. And I'm sitting down to watch the race last weekend. What race? Uh, it was the race at Iowa Speedway, the IndyCar race. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the high V. Yeah, anyway. I'm sorry I asked. Yeah. You're not a racing person. I thought it was the Brickyard. No, that's this weekend. That's actually, what time is it? It's 9 o'clock. The truck race is starting right now. And Eliza is upstairs watching it because she loves racing. Really? My six-year-old loves racing. Why? She likes to watch cars go fast, and most of all, she loves the wrecks. And she loves when they go in a circle. Yeah. There's something mesmerizing about that circle. I think she gets bored by the circle. She just said, like the other day, she left the room, and she was like, tell me if there's a crash. <laughs> and then she came back, and she was like, there was a crash! 
You know what? I think she's going to grow up to be a great bird butcherer. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> she's got that carnage in her blood. That's incredible. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm drinking this lovely American IPA. It's got like hints of grapefruit, a little bit of pine. Mm. Um, it's named after a river in upstate Michigan. Really? Yeah. Huh. Where I hear they, uh, it, it's common to fish for trout. Mm. But this particular beer I'm enjoying this evening is from, uh, it's from, a, let me see if I get this name right. Yeah, it's Bells in Comstock, Michigan. And this is a, a two-hearted ale. Two-hearted? Two-hearted, yeah. Why would they call it that? Again, it's named after the river. Oh, okay, you in, said that. You yeah, said upstate that. Michigan. Yeah. yeah. That's the river that's famous for their sturgeon, right? Uh, I believe it's a, a plethora of different types of fish, but is yeah, okay. sturgeon especially. Is that what's on the the bottle? Um, I, it could be. Um, it's so hard to tell. This artwork is a little, like, kindergartenish. Yeah, looks it, like somebody drew it with a crayon. Yeah, but it's definitely uh, like with their fists. It's definitely a type of fish. Yeah, it's definitely a fish. Um, maybe an eel. No, because it's got the fins and the you can see the gills very oh. prominently from the little crayon marks there. Maybe it's a flounder. I hear the flounder in Michigan is great. <laughs> <laughs> Who are we kidding? It's the same no. thing Nate, Nate drinks every week. Bell's Two Hearted, and it has a trout on it, and it's delicious. And I'm and not it's joking. Disgusting grapefruit pine. They they use the citronella hops or centennial hops. <laughs> citronella. <laughs> no, centennial hops. You know, the stuff that you burn to keep mosquitoes away. Yeah, you drink this, you will not get bit for days. That's why I drink so much. I hate mosquitoes. Please do not drink or smoke or inhale citronella. <laughs> that is the disclaimer. I hate that I would have to say that, but based on the conversation we just had, this is a legal disclaimer. Please do not consume citronella. <laughs> I have no idea what effect it'll have on you, but I can t I can just guess it's gonna be a bad it's gonna be a bad thing. Allegedly, yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> Speaking of inhaling, <laughs> oh boy, yeah. Go with it. Roll with it. Let's go. I was just gonna talk about our bill of lading. Oh, okay. I I thought this was going a whole different direction. No. What's that? You hear that? Oh, I think something's here. Is that a special delivery? It's our bill of lading blend. Nice. What do we have in store this week? This week, from our friend Mike, our bill of lading blend will be Rat Ray's Red Rappery. Oh, man. Rat Ray's Red Rappery. Say that ten times fast. You know, every time I say the word Rat Ray, I think of Scooby-Doo. Rat Ray. Rat Ray. <laughs> Rat Ray's Red Rappery. Rat Tray's Red Rappery, Rat Tray's Red Rappery, Rat Tray's Red Rappery, Rat Tray's Red Rappery. It's actually a lot easier than I thought it would yeah, be. Yeah, it's not that bad. Yeah. Well, uh, I've already started smoking this. Mm-hmm. I'm probably I. about a quarter of the way through. I'm probably more than that. I'm, I'm just about halfway, I think. I'm smoking out of this uh, Dunhill Rootbriar from 64. Classy. I believe it's 64. That's what somebody told me. It is. Is it? Mm-hmm. It's a good-looking pipe. Yeah. 
It's a beautiful the, pipe. Where'd the, you get that pipe? I got this from some jack wagon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got this from Nate. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That jack wagon. Yeah. Um, some guy I met on Reddit. Loser. And what a loser. Who meets people on the internet? You. Yeah. No, it's a good looking pipe, but what do you think? Uh, I didn't finish talking about my pipe, okay? Jeez, hold on to your horses. It is a Dunhill root briar. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a pot, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's just a straight pot. I feel like you've been smoking a lot of pots lately. I smoke a lot of pot. Genuinely, I was just the last episode you were smoking a pot, and I think the episode before that you were smoking a pot. Yeah, I just I go I didn't, in cycles, man. I didn't think about it, but I feel like you have a lot of this pots. This is a pipe smoking podcast. Well, I know, but I'm just saying. Mix it up a little, you know what I mean? Why are you picking on my pops my pot smoking? I'm not at all. I'm I'm for it. I encourage it really. Yeah. This is a good pot smoke. Yeah. I like I like pot pipes. It's good Maybe shape. Like glass ones or no, no, no. Just the, the briar ones. Just the briar ones. I don't even know if I have a pot-shaped pipe. I'm trying to think in my head right now. I don't, I don't know if I do what or not. What is your Dunhill? It's just a billiard. Billiard. Yeah. I think I do have one. I have a Stainwell that's a pot shape. That might be the only one. Anyway, what are you smoking yours out of? I'm smoking out of a Rossi Vitoria. 320. Nice. So it's that bent author famous Savinelli shape. Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, it's one of those pipes that I don't smoke very often. It's classic looking. I need to smoke it more often. Um I love three twenties. You know, and I didn't used to. I didn't used to like Englishes. Mm-hmm. But uh I do enjoy this pipe. I don't smoke it very often, like I said. I'm probably going to start smoking it more often when I get back into Englishes more because I do enjoy it more than I remember enjoying it. Yeah. And I actually uh, was thinking the other day that I uh, kind of regret getting rid of that Oceano. <laughs> you say that frequently. I, But I'm saying it now because I can see it over your left shoulder. Yeah. And I just want I you almost to smoked it tonight and I was like, man, I cannot smoke that Oceano in front of him again. What did I trade you for that Oceano? It was obviously lackluster. Mm-mm. No, it was it was it was a good trade. Was it? You always you always give me good stuff. Yeah, but you can't remember what it was. I honest, you very vividly remember that you, that I have your Oceano, but you don't. I you literally you cannot, see it. You cannot recall the pipe that you got in exchange for it. I'm so. sure it was tobacco. That's why I can't remember. Oh, we almost always. Yeah, trade. you you almost always give me tobacco for things. That's true. I have a lot of tobacco. Any, like anything. Whenever I'm like, I have, I'm about selling this thing, and you're like, I'll give you tobacco for it. <laughs> like, deal. You think I have a lot of pipes. I have a lot of tobacco. Yeah. I have more tobacco than I have pipes. And that's saying a lot because I can see within reach here, I have a grocery sack there full of pipes, a two-gallon bag there full of pipes, a suitcase there full of pipes, a pegboard behind me full of pipes, and a pipe rack full of pipes. Yeah. And I probably have a dozen pipes on my desk. <laughs> You got a lot of pipes. That is for certain. But uh, what do you think about the blend? On the initial char, I was a little unsure. Mm-hmm. But the more I get into it, honestly, I think it's one of the better Englishes I've smoked. I don't know what it is that makes it so unique to me, but 
it, it's got a very floral note to it. Very floral. And I think that's what's drawn me in. It's really very that's floral. That's the thing that you used to hate. I know. Right? The thing that you hated about English blends was the floral. Yeah, but now it's like my favorite thing about them. Really? It's so weird when hate turns to love. It is. Yeah. It's that whole Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a fan. Really? Not a fan at all. Really? I don't think it's terrible. Here we go. Sorry, man. Maybe, I'm, <laughs> maybe I'm, am I a Debbie Downer? Like, am I just negative no, about no, everything? No, no, no. Just most things. Just most things. That's fine. It's <laughs> kidding. I'm not a pessimist. I'm a realist. And you're allowed to like what you like. We have differences. We're allowed to be different. And I love English blends, though. That's the thing. I love English. They're, they're probably my favorite type of blends. Yeah. I don't like this. It's too floral. It's just over-the-top floral. The smokiness is not there at all. There's very little sweetness, very little smoky. It's just all floral, herbal. I absolutely love it. Genuinely. I genuinely really like it a lot. Do you get any smoke out of it at all? Not much. I mean... Like, I don't get any sweet... It tastes like perfume to me. Like, potpourri. Yeah. Like, I think that's one of the reasons I like it so much, because it's not... There's not that savoriness. There's not that saltiness to it. And there's not that smokiness. See, I like smokiness. I like smokiness sometimes. Don't get me wrong. I do. But... There's, like, almost no, like, savory saltiness to this. None at all. And I like that. I like it's, that. I, I would correct you and say there, it's not almost no. There's just none. Like, there's no saviorness to it at all. There's no saltiness. There's a little bit of smokiness to it, but it's so supremely overpowered by the floral. It just tastes like I'm burning potpourri in a, in a pipe and smoking it. Yeah. And that's not the kind of English blends I like. I haven't had a lot of English blends like this. We know absolutely nothing. We don't know anything. We sound a lot like Michael Scott in that clip I played a little bit ago. We well, act like we know a lot about it. And then we say, tastes like tobacco. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But Ni Nice notes of tobacco. With that being said, I do really, really like this. Good. I'm glad you do. We're going to be really differing. on. We've, we've tied two weeks in a row. Yeah, so I'm glad we have a, a good... A good uh, difference. Yeah. What are you? Um, what are you going to rate this one at? Well, I'm not to the bottom of the bowl yet, but I feel pretty comfortable giving this one an eight. Holy moly, dude! I really like it. You have like some of the wildest swings. You think so? Yeah, I'd say so. Like my stuff all averages between five and eight. You've got a 3.5 and a 10 on this list. <laughs> okay. I have no eight. ones. I have no twos. I have no threes. An eight? An eight, man. I love it. It's delicious. You like this better than Tilbury? You gave Tilbury a seven. Yeah. You liked this better than Ansoda Bed? Mm. Maybe. It's been so I, long. I think I, you're just defending your answer now. It's been so long, I literally okay. don't remember hey, Ansoda Bed. You gave a number, like, it stands. Um, wow. I really like this a lot. 
Like, I really like it a lot. I, man. I'm looking at things that I've given ratings for that were low ratings. And, you know, supposedly I'm the negative one here. But look, who has the lowest ratings here? You have a 3.5 and a 4. Yeah. My lowest is a 5. And I'm the negative one? What did I give a 4 to? You gave a 4 to Jermaine Royal Jersey Latakia mixture. Oh, yeah. I didn't like that. Um, you gave a 3.5 to Silum's Red. Yeah. And I think if I had to pick between the two of these, I would probably smoke Silum's Red. Over this? Yep. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel about it. Eh. <laughs> this is going to be my lowest rated one. I'm going 4.5. Wow. Yep. I'm not a fan. Hmm. Well. Like I'm we said, gonna teach take their the own. Of that jar. Yeah. Just open your mouth and I'll dump it in. <laughs> I, I genuinely, I really, really like this stuff a lot. That's fantastic. I'm glad you like it. I was not a fan. Am not a fan. Well, I've only had one rat raised blend so far that I liked. What was it? Was it, uh, what was the one we had a couple weeks ago that we. Howl of the Wind? Howl of the Wind, I think. Howl of the Wind. Howl of the Wind. That was your incredible. Yeah, it's so incredible. I put it on my seven-day rotation, or yeah. my Desert Island blend. I don't remember what I rated it, but I feel like I liked it significantly better than this. You liked it significantly better than uh, my last incredible blend of the week, too. Your last incredible blend is very close to being what Russell emailed us. Or no, Instagrammed us about this week. Our friend Russ, who emails us reached out on Instagram this time to our Instagram oh, account. Oh, yeah. And he was commenting about one of the things that he recommended we start doing, or he was talking, we were talking about last uh, episode about how we should rename some of the Setlift blends. Oh, yeah, yeah, or yeah. Or just rename some blends Star Wars bl names. Yeah, like don't change anything about them. Just. <laughs> yeah, just rename them. <laughs> rename them and sell them. <laughs> yeah. We weren't talking about selling them. Just we just talked oh, yeah, talk no, about yeah. giving them regular different names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we did talk about like blending our own and the naming them Star Wars things. Uh huh. Um, just for the fun of it. But uh, he commented. He said that he thinks we should definitely do that, and that he thinks that we should name the worst one after who he thinks to be the worst character ever in Star Wars. Yeah. And that is Jar Jar Binks. Really? Yeah. And I responded, Misa thinks. Jar Jar Binks is okay. <laughs> you should have said okie dokie. Isn't that what he says? Yeah, he does. But Misa thinks he does. Have you, this is going to get, there's two things in this world I love. Uh-huh. Conspiracy theories. Uh-huh. And fan theories. Uh-huh. Have you heard the fan theory of Dark Jar Jar? Yeah, that he's like a Sith Lord. It is the, hands down, the most convincing fan theory I have ever heard in my entire life. And I am 100% convinced, 100% convinced that that was the original plan and that George Lucas chickened out because Jar Jar was so poorly received by the world. I, you could not convince me otherwise at this point. And I'd only pray that on his deathbed, George Lucas comes out and says that that's true. Because I, I, that he's a Sith Lord? That originally he was supposed to be. Yeah. It, I mean... 
I've not read into it at all. I've heard somebody briefly talk about that. I'm going to send you, it's a lot. Like, I have this link saved where this guy breaks it down. This person that broke it down has spent so many hours researching this. It's mm. insanity. But I 100% believe that Jar Jar Binks was meant to be the dark, the dark side version of Yoda. He was a Sith Lord. Anyway, mm. that's not neither here or there. I think Russ should read it because he might feel differently about Jar Jar then. He might have already read it, and he still feels the same way, which is fine, too. See, I took offense to this. Sorry, Russ, but I love Jar Jar Binks. Really? I love his character. Really? Yeah, I think he is comedic, and I like comedy a lot, and I feel like the Star Wars, the, the Star Wars series, um, the franchise as a whole is missing a lot of a lot of comedy that they could have in there. Okay. I think that you can have a fun adventure, which is essentially and when you when you put it into a basic genre, Star Wars is sci-fi, but it's also it's mainly an adventure, right? It's like yeah. It's a, it's a it's a story of adventure. Um I think that you can take any genre and put humor in it. I agree. And I would think it maybe it makes it exponentially better. I think one of the main complaints is that people didn't find him to be funny, though. I found him to be hilarious. People, a lot of people found him to be obnoxious. Oh, well, some people would say I'm obnoxious. So one of the points that this guy makes mm -hmm. in this fan theory is the fact like the original movie, the first one they came out with in what was it, 1999, I think it was. The with, Phantom Menace. Yeah, with the Phantom Menace. The Phantom Menace. Yeah. Who is the Phantom Menace? It's not Darth Maul, because you find out who Darth Maul is. A mm -hmm. phantom is an unknown entity. Mm -hmm. So one of the main points this guy makes is that it was called the Phantom Menace because somebody, this unknown person, is in the background just pulling the strings. And like you don't know who sent Darth Maul. You don't know why he's there. There's just this Phantom Menace. And then when the second movie comes out, out of nowhere, they just bring this Count Dooku that no one's ever heard of or ever seen out of literally just nowhere. Yeah. And he, the, this guy theorizes that Darth Jar Jar was the Phantom Menace, and he was supposed to be basically the Sith Lord that Count Dooku became because he was so poorly received and so extremely worldwide hated by most Star Wars fans that... George mm. Lucas panicked and changed his whole theory. The fact, okay, when you first meet Yoda in Empire Strikes Back, the first time you ever meet him, mm -hmm. he's a geriatric old man who makes no sense. The first time you meet him, he's like banging on R2-D2 trying yeah, to get food. He's loony. Yeah, he's crazy. But then you find out, actually, he's a genius Jedi master. Mm -hmm. Well, that's that idea is an, like, carries out carries on through many stories that have been passed down over generations where a traveler comes along someone who is a seemingly imbecile or seemingly geriatric or or you know they're they don't know what they're doing but then mm -hmm. it turns out actually they're the master they're they're the person you need to learn from mm -hmm. so his whole thing was that George Lucas was using Jar Jar to be that same character where he was, he seemed stupid and he seemed like he didn't know what he was doing. But in reality, he's a Sith Lord. And if you go back and watch the first movie, the, the, the Phantom Menace, 
there, and he breaks it down and shows you scenes. This guy that, and he talks about how there are times when Jar Jar's walking and talking to politicians, and you can see the whole time he's moving his hand towards them. When somebody does a Jedi mind trick, they use their hand, always use their hand when they're convincing somebody of something. Like, these are not the droids you're looking for. Obi Wan does it in the first New Hope. Yeah. Every time it happens. And there's so many scenes where Jar Jar is doing this. I don't want to get into it real deep, but I feel like I'm... we're into it really deep. Now. <laughs> but there are scenes where nerd alert. Yeah. There are scenes where the, he, he breaks it down, breaks it down into slow motion to show you that the people who created the CGI for these scenes, like there's a scene where Jar Jar Binks is falling off of a, like a, a it's an elevated hallway when they're on Naboo mm-hmm. and he does a force jump and you don't see it on camera, but if you watch the CGI that they created, the droids on the ground follow Darth Jar Jar with their guns as he force jumps over everybody. And one thing that they always say is that, you know, with the force, that there are no accidents. Nothing, nothing is by accident. And there's that scene where Jar Jar is being attacked by those droids, and he's got that gun attached to his foot, and he keeps, like, jumping one way and the other, and the gun keeps flipping over and shooting people perfectly every single time. Mm-hmm. There are no accidents. There's like, there's so many things. And the fact that every Jedi Master, every Sith Lord has a type of Kung Fu, a type of martial arts that their style is mirrored from. Mm -hmm. Well, if you look at the moves that are done by a martial art that is a real martial art called the Jackie Chan made a movie about it called The Drunken Master. There's a, a drunken form of martial arts. I can't remember exactly what it's called. But, and the moves that are involved in that martial art, you can look at people who are legitimately trained in that martial art, that form of martial art, and their moves are extremely similar to Darth Jar Jar, or to Jar Jar Binks' moves. It's, in, it's incredibly interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to send you this stuff. you got to yeah, read it all I've, and I've watch the videos. It. It's insane. I guess I've always thought so. One of my favorite cartoons. Um, I loved Phineas and Ferb. I don't know if you're familiar with that or not. I'm aware of them. But the creators of Phineas and Ferb created Milo Murphy's Law. Hmm. Have you seen Milo Murphy's Law? No. Well, you've heard of Murphy's Law, right? Yeah, I'm familiar yeah. with that. So Milo Murphy is the main character, and he's basically his family's been cursed and their entire, the Murphy family is cursed and bad things happen wherever they go. And the whole TV show is just, um, clip after clip, after clip, after clip, clip after clip of bad things happening amount around Milo Murphy. But yet it always comes full circle, much like, um, very similar, similarly to Phineas and Ferb. Okay. Um, if you're not a Phineas and Ferb fan, uh, it's one with Perry, the platypus, I think everybody's heard, at least heard of Perry the Platypus. Yeah. You see like hats and t-shirts of him. He's the, like the teal platypus. He's kind of like a, like has a detective hat or something yep. detective-y about mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Great cartoons. My kids watch it. And sometimes when they leave the room, I find myself still watching it when they leave. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a child. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I guess the thing that I always felt about Jar Jar was that he was always more of like... The things, the things that were happening, I just always felt like he was a klutz and he was like, that's kind of the premise of what they portray him as, right? 
hundred percent. Yeah. This klutz that bad things happen to. Right. Exactly. But they always like seem to still pan out and work out. Mm-hmm. And I always found that humorous. And then like when Milo's Murphy law came out, it reminded me kind of the same thing. It's like Milo Murphy has all of these bad things happen to him, but they still like pan out for good. Okay. I don't know. I guess I'd never really thought of Jar Jar that deep. I hadn't either until I read this. And that's why I'm telling you, I am, the person who did this put so many hours into this research. I love it. I'll have to look into that. And it may ruin Jar Jar Binks for me. It's not going to ruin it. It's going to make it a hundred times better. That's why anyone who who hates on Jar Jar, I'm always like, if you only knew the truth. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I'm a true believer. It actually may not ruin it for me. I'm kind of a dark side person, man. Have you watched the newest uh, Obi-Wan series? I have not. Don't ruin it for me. Dude. I'm kind of a dark side person. You, you should watch it. My favorite Star Wars character of all time is Darth Vader. Gotta be. Yeah. Vader's the man. Favorite. Vader is awesome. Vader is awesome. Um, just that whole storyline from, you know, Anakin as a child all the way through. Like, yeah. Anakin is one of my favorite characters. Because you hate sand too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I hate children. Yes. <laughs> yes. Allow that. <laughs> I feel you. Allow the hate. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I, I like to say that I'm like the, um, I'm on the side of good, but I, I like the dark side, man. Actually in my office, you've seen the paint, a picture of my, of the painting in my office. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, um. Well, I have two, the two main focal points in my office at work. One is the, is a abstract painting of the millennium, millennium Falcon Falcon. Um, and then the other one is an abstract painting of Darth Vader's helmet. And like, it's just a bunch of just like random splotches and lines on a canvas. Yeah. And like, if you look at it up close, you're like, what is this? And then you step back, you're like, Oh, it's Darth Vader's helmet. It's pretty cool. Um, Love, love Vader. Yeah. I love a lot of different fan theories. Got my notebook right here. It's got, got Vader on it. Yeah. My journal. Like I said, I love conspiracy theories, and I feel like fan theories are the next best thing. Okay, might, so. Might even be better. Let's take Russ's idea here, and we'll just take it in one point. We'll explore this later, further on in the road, as we name things Star Wars blends, because I think we should definitely we should definitely roll with that. If you had to pick your least favorite tobacco, got it. What is that? And what Star Wars character would you name it after? Oh man, who do I hate the most? I think I would have to go with it's not even that I hate this person. It's just that I think that they might be the most sloppy, vile, and disgusting person in Star Wars. Mm. So it's Jabba the Hutt, isn't it? I think I would call Lane 1Q Jabba the Hutt. Really? Yeah. I, um... That's a good call, by the way. What is Jabba the Hutt? I just think about his tongue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kind of like Jabba. Jabba's uh, palace is cool. Yeah. But I love Jabba's laugh. <laughs> yeah, when, <laughs> whenever... Uh, Leia pulls off her helmet. She's like, someone that loves you. And then you hear the, whoa, 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 whoa. 
Whoa. Um, Love it. Mine, I wasn't going to go with my least favorite. I was going to go with one of my least favorites. I was going to say one Q. Yeah. And I was going to compare it to Luke Skywalker. You want to know why? Because I don't like it, and everybody else seems to, and it's highly overrated. Luke Skywalker is one of my least favorite characters in Star Wars. I'm going to get crucified for this. Tweets their own. Luke Skywalker is one of the whiniest, spoiled brat characters in the entire series. I cannot stand him. How old was Luke Skywalker in A New Hope? I have no idea. He was like 17. Yeah. 16, 17. He's a whiny teenager. I get it. That's what he's supposed to be. I get it. I hated it, though. Anakin Skywalker in Revenge of the Sith was way whinier. I know. I know. I know. Way whinier. I get it. I I haven't liked... I, I didn't like Anakin as a... I didn't even like him as a teenager, honestly. I did not like Anakin as a child. I did not like Anakin as a teenager. So you just like Darth Vader. That's what you're I like say. his storyline. I don't... Luke's storyline is the same through the entire... All six movies. What do you mean? It's, he's the same character the entire time. Zero character development. I disagree. 100% disagree. Uh, he was an angsty teenager who grew up, grew up on a desert planet of Tatooine. Uh-huh. Shooting womp rats in his speeder. Or his, you know... Practicing, flying, dreaming of joining the rebellion. Uh-huh. Then he gets his chance from his old friend Ben Kenobi, uh-huh. who takes him and teaches him about the Force. He wasn't even a youngling. He was a teenager, way too old, way older than his father uh-huh. when he started learning the Force. Uh-huh. And he learned it. And then you get to the Empire Strikes Back, and sure, he's still emotional. He's still whiny a bit. He's growing up. We're all growing up. At, at 18, 17, 18 years old, I was a whiny little brat. But he learns, and even though he gives into his emotions and he goes after his friends in Cloud City, he does do that. He leaves Yoda. Sure, that's not a good thing to do. Fine. But when Return of the Jedi happens, Luke's a different person. Completely different. He's wearing black. <laughs> <laughs> that's how different he was. He was wearing a different color. He started out in white. Now he's wearing black. He's a different person. <laughs> I don't think his character changes at all. In fact, Mark Hamill is ancient now, and he still plays the exact same character. Mark Hamill voices the second best Joker that's ever existed in DC Comics. I don't disagree with you. We're not talking about Batman and Joker and all that stuff right now. We're talking about how Luke Skywalker is an overrated character that you could literally remove from the storyline, and I would enjoy the series just as much. No, you'd you'd miss the the sister kiss. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. some of the most dramatic things with Luke Skywalker is he kisses his sister. He finds out the bad guy is his dad. Like he's the most overrated character. You could literally remove him from the entire series, and all of Star Wars would be just as good without Luke Skywalker. I wholeheartedly disagree with you. Wholeheartedly, Han Solo is a way better character. And he was supposed to be like this back, this background character. Well, Han Solo is a much more mature. Han Solo and mature. He's a 
age-wise. Okay, age-wise. He's more experienced in life. We're talking about a 17-year-old kid <laughs> hanging out with Han Solo, who's easily in his late 20s, early 30s by this time. He's a smuggler. He's seen some stuff. Yeah, he he's a, a great character. He's a Luke, great character. Luke Skywalker is bland and could be completely removed from the series without having a drastic effect on it. That, that's, Tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> that's so incredibly wrong. Tell me how it would, ruin the, it would ruin the series if you removed Luke Skywalker from it. Okay. Chirp. Give me a second. Hold on. Chirp. R2-D2 gets found by Luke Skywalker. Okay. With C-3PO. Okay. Right? Uh-huh. The only reason R2-D2 finds Ben Kenobi is because of Luke Skywalker. Okay. That's, that's literally enough. That's the only way the rebellion works, period. I mean, I, you I'm saying you used... could fit that into a story... In a much easier way, and you could have completely removed Luke Skywalker from the series, and it wouldn't change the movies a bit. Your favorite character in the movies, uh huh, Darth Vader, uh huh, his son, uh huh, is what led him to being a hero. Darth Vader is the the an evil person. He murdered all of the younglings, mm -hmm. apparently except for one. He has destroyed worlds. He's, but his only son mm -hmm. brought out the, the light in him, brought out the good part, got him to murder the emperor. Darth Vader. It's as if he didn't have another child that could have done that as well. Exactly. Oh, wait, he did have another child. And who then could not have they, done it. Who they kissed. Yeah, they kissed. But she didn't, she, she was a princess. She was, she didn't have what Luke had. I'm, I still stand by my statement. You could completely remove him and it doesn't change much. Well, I mean, we can say There's here. little story arcs that you could very easily have placed onto something else and it really wouldn't have changed much. You could have phased R2-D2 in somehow. Okay, Darth Vader was prophesied as to be the whole reason that Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi wanted to train Anakin Skywalker is because they thought he was going to bring balance to the force. He was supposed to bring balance to the force. Obi-Wan cries out after he chops off his legs and cuts them in half and says, you were the chosen one. Darth Vader was the chosen one to bring balance to the force. The only way that Darth Vader brought balance to the force was because his son, Luke Skywalker, got to him. His son changed his heart from the dark side back to the light side. He killed the Emperor. His daughter couldn't have done that. And brought balance to the Force. His daughter couldn't have done it because she grew up on Goody Two-Shoes Alderaan. She would have been destroyed in a minute. Mm. I don't know, man. I'm going to get crucified. <laughs> yeah, you are. We're finally going to get a bunch of listeners it. to reach out, and I'm going to get crucified this week, but I'm going to adamantly defend... I'm going to go make 17 accounts on Instagram and just crucify you myself. <laughs> Luke Skywalker is lane 1Q. Overrated and not good. Sorry, man. It is what it is. Well, I don't disagree with any of that, though. So we had uh, somebody reach out this week. Brock reached out oh, to yeah. me. 
um, because he likes me better than you. Could uh, be. You don't even know who Brock is. No. Uh, Brock is the second person in the pipe community that I met on Reddit. Should I be worried? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, he probably agrees with me that Luke Skywalker is awful. I doubt it. Probably. You're probably right. Did you just light a fire in my ashtray? Anyway, so Brock was doing the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life, and he was getting rid of tobacco that he didn't want in a cellar anymore. I didn't get that. You told me that, and I was like, I don't He's trying to it. clear space in his cellar. And I was like, whatever, man. I would have traded you. And he's like, no, I just want to clear some space. You can have this stuff. He probably poisoned it. But um, so I gave a stranger off of Reddit my address, and I said I won't be home. Not the first time. Not the first time. And so far it worked out. So statistically, it was working out in my favor. So if anyone wants to know his address. Yes, it is 1234 West Tennessee Street. I was going to say just go on Reddit. Yeah, you could just go on Reddit and you can get to know me by episode 35. Should be the murder episode. And uh, so many people show up. (laughs) I have so many people like we'll have a giant powwow and everybody's going to be trying to kill me. Um, Hunger Games, but it's just you. It's just... <laughs> uh, but Brock was uh, awesome and gave me a jar. He gave me two jars with the blends, but he gave me some uh, plum pudding bourbon barrel aged. Nice. Yeah, pretty excited about that. Then he gave me a very large jar of CND's Mountain Camp mm. with uh, three years of age on it. Wow. Although it's in English, so I don't know how much age is going to affect it. Well, I've heard that Latakia becomes a little mellower. More, yeah, a little more mellow with age. And it as smells Virginia delightful. too. It smells delightful. It does have Virginia in it though. Yes, it does. It's like the kitchen sink blend. Yeah. We looked it up earlier. It's I'd never everything. heard of it. Me neither. Got air dying. A little bit of air. Yeah, thanks Brock. Um, hopefully we can actually meet in person. I wasn't even here. I just gave him my address and I was said, hey, just uh, drop it off at my front porch. <laughs> and then he asked me, this is what cracked me up he said i'm not gonna get shot am i <laughs> and i was like man why does everybody think they're gonna get murdered when they come to my house it's does my house put off murder vibes do i put off murder vibes you personally do yeah do i is it because the bald head no it's because of the things you say <laughs> oh like hey come to my house no like i'm gonna murder you, you one oh. time you threatened to lock me up under your basement or under the basement steps i may still yeah that's what i'm saying see that's one what of these I'm times because it's right outside this door here <laughs> one of these times i have that cleared out yeah of all my prepping stuff. And you're going to walk out that door and I'm going to trip you and shove you in and close the door. But this is this is an example of what I'm talking about, though. Is it? Yeah. It's things I say like on the podcast? Yeah, just little vibes here. Okay, there. cool. Well, Brock, I didn't murder you. Thank you for the tobacco. I think you're crazy for getting rid of tobacco from your cellar. But I am glad to be the beneficiary of your poor judgment. Yeah. And next time, feel free to call me. I'll give you my address. Yeah. <laughs> He probably poisoned the stuff. Yeah, I'm not gonna we're gonna we're gonna smoke it on an episode and we're gonna die. <laughs> episode thirty five. I think we should save this for oh episode thirty five, and we have like this Romeo and Juliet thing where we both die on the podcast. I love it. Brock's been listening, and he's like, "I'm gonna get him." Yeah, get them both. They keep joking about murder, and I'm gonna be the one to do it. He loves it when a plan comes together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, something that you and I discussed throughout this week, we've already got one listener on board and this is, uh, we need you guys to reach out. Let us know if you want to do this. An idea that, um, Nate and I talked about doing, 
uh, something we've both enjoyed in the past ourselves. We've never played together, but we want to do fantasy football. And we don't want to just do fantasy football. We want to do Pipes, Pours, and Pals Fantasy Football League. Yes. And so I am really excited about the opportunity to do this. Nate and I are going to do this for sure, even if it's just the two of us. We've already got Kurt on board. So just the three of us. Kirk's on board. Uh, I think Mrs. Codger will jump in if uh, if she needs to. Okay. She, she's already said if it if it makes it run smoother, she'll jump in. And she's played fantasy football before. She's not great at it, but hey, it'll be like me playing two teams. So <laughs> the thing about fantasy football and me is I'm terrible at it. He just picks a bunch of Lions players. Is what he does. You know what's funny is I do. <laughs> So Nate is the last place every year. No. Just I, like the like, Lions. <laughs> this last year was the first time that I haven't picked a Lions quarterback. Last year I picked a Rams quarterback. Matthew Stafford, of Because course. I picked Matthew Stafford. Jock Ryder. He's incredible. But he has a funny commercial with AT&T. It's an, it is also incredible. That the commercial's funny, Matthew Stafford's funny, and he's also a great fantasy quarterback. He always has been. He always he's, will be. He puts up decent numbers. He puts up fantastic numbers. Yeah. Fantasy-wise, you don't have to be a good quarterback to be a, a good fantasy quarterback. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that cheap shot in there. But here's the thing. Top 10. No, I'm just kidding. Not even close. It. He's not even close. Don't, no, don't, don't. Do not insult people by even insinuating that he's in the top 10. Really no segue into this other than the fact that... Uh, I think I'm going to start it off with this. Nate's incredible blend of the week. So my blend this week, I I was apprehensive about this actually because I bought this blend um, a while back, like over a year ago, and I smoked it. I had seen it pop up a few times on Reddit, and people, a lot of people said it was incredible. A couple of people said it was okay. Some people didn't like it. So I bought it tried it i was like i mean in my head i thought it's okay it's not that great so i put it away like i said before one of my favorite things about the incredible blend of the week that i've been doing is it gets me to go back and try new blends not not even new blends try, gets me to try old blends that i've had around that i've tried before and it gets me to revisit a lot of things so i revisited this one and the first bowl i had i lit it up in it just pure transparency this was probably like the third tobacco this week I tried where I was like trying to come up with a blend that I hadn't tried in a while, but I thought would be incredible. And I tried this one and the first bowl I had, I was like, Oh, this is it. I forgot. I don't remember it being this good. It's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. So I smoked it for three more days. So the first day I smoked it, I was like, this is incredible. Mm -hmm. It actually like, I think it might be the plum that's in it, but it, it, it was weirdly reminiscent to me of half and half like half and half is like a burly blend that has like some stone fruit flavoring in there okay and i think that like the plum like the stone fruit from the plum i don't know i like, i honestly don't know like i said i'm an idiot but then the next day he is the next day i smoked it and i was like this isn't that good but then the next day i smoked it and i was like this is incredible so i don't know but it's Nate's incredible blend of the week. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. But it's Peterson's Royal Yacht. It is a Virginia blend, according to uh, 
tobacco reviews. It's a straight Virginia blend with a plum flavoring. So it doesn't have any burly in it or anything else. It's just Virginia, but it does have plum flavoring. Um, and I'm smoking it right now um, in a, another Rossi, but this is a, uh, a bent Dublin. Um, it's a smooth finish. It's a good smoking pipe. It's very comfortable. It's got a good bend on it. But the uh, I've smoked this so far this week out of a corn cob pipe, a regular billiard, a bent Dublin, and a bulldog. Just trying to see if there was different variations. I've done corn cobs and burleys. I mean, and briars. You know what I mean? Um, and the more I smoke it, the more I think I like it. Honestly, like I really do think it's an incredible blend. Um, Again, it's probably not my favorite blend of all time. But I really do think it's a good blend. I think it's really incredible. It, it's special. It's different. It's I, just unique. I like it. It's good, right? Um, it's good. Better than last week for I you. I wouldn't say it's great. But it's good. I can enjoy this. Um, this is one of those blends that... So that when I when I think of whether I like a blend or not, I think if this is the only thing I had to smoke for the rest of my life, would I be okay with that? Mm -hmm. There's varying degrees, right? So like there's degrees of disappointment. Right. Could this, if this was the only tobacco on earth, could I smoke this every day for the rest of my life? Yes. Yeah. Do I want to? No. But could I, and could I enjoy it? Yes. The more I smoke it, like I really get the, I really get the citrusy uh, notes from the the Virginia, and I really get those kind of grassy hay notes from the Virginia, and then there's that little bit of that plum that they put in there, that gives it that kind of aromatic, not overly aromatic, mm -hmm. but just that little bit of that stone fruit flavor I was talking about. And again, this has been in a jar for over a year. I don't know what year it was when I opened it. Um, I mean, as far as the 10 goes, but I've had a jar for about a year and four months and, uh, I truly enjoy it. It's like I said, it's got those good Virginia flavors that I love from Virginia, but then it's got that little bit of plum, that stone fruit sweetness along with the sweetness of the Virginias. It's, I, I think it's a very, very pleasant blend and I do not, I would not be disappointed if I had to smoke this every day. I... I get the Virginias. I get the hay. I get a little bit of the citrus. The citrus is like a, an aftertaste for me. Yeah. Especially when I take a cool draw. When I've let it cool down and I get a draw of, of cool smoke off of it, mm -hmm. the aftertaste is almost like a refreshing grapefruit taste. Yeah. It's just barely there. But I get grass. I get hay. I get that slight refreshing coolness of a grapefruit. Um, I get a sweetness, but the sweetness is not from like a traditional Virginia sweetness. The sweetness is definitely from the topping. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that I would like it if it weren't for the topping, though. I think that's fair. I, I think if the topping wasn't there, I would say not a fan. But I think that's what separates it from other Virginias. You know, Obviously, that goes without sure. saying. Yeah, but yeah. I think that's what the, that uniqueness about it is what makes it more enjoyable than other just regular Virginia blends. And what are you smoking out of? I am smoking it out of a Missouri Meerschaum 
I think this is the dwarf. Yeah. Cobbit. Yep. I get those all those little ones confused. They got the dwarf, the elf, the the wizard, the wizard. Yeah. The, the shire. The shire. Yeah. The shire is the acorn shaped one. I think. Yeah. It is. This is the dwarf. I got to remember that because dwarfs dwarves are short and stocky. Short and stocky, and that's what this one is. It's that little short squat one. Yep. Um, I don't know how you remember that, but um, I love smoking Virginias out of these pipes. If I'm gonna smoke a Virginia, it's one of these long, uh, yeah, cobbits because they get I get a cool smoke out of them. I almost brought my, um, my Apple Diplomat that I have with a real long Virginia freehand stem, mm-hmm. which is very Vermont similar freehand. to that. Yeah, what I say, Virginia freehand. <laughs> yeah, Vermont freehand. <laughs> They're both V's. Leave me alone. Um, but yeah. Do you have so, a vendetta? Yeah. Ah, yeah. Ah, great movie. Such a good movie. Mm. God is in the rain. Love that movie. So good. Anyway, it's good. Um, if you've never tried it before, I definitely suggest it. I would suggest giving it a try. It's worth a shot. You might Seriously. Love it. I, I think it's just good. I think if you like Virginia's, it's definitely worth your while to at least try this one. Um Especially if you like a light aromatic. I used to love heavy aromatics. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of heavy aromatics anymore. I have to be in the mood. I It's just, the other day I woke up and I was just craving something strong and delicious, something really heavy. And I smoked Rivendell on the way to work. And I, 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 I thoroughly enjoyed it. Did you? Yeah. But this is a very light, Virginia, it's a it's a great Virginia smoke with that little bit of aromaticness of the, the, from the plum, and it's just kind of unique. I just I really enjoy it. This pairs really well with this Raging Eagle. Oh, I bet, yeah, because this has got that citrusy, and and I know it's mango, but it has a citrusy aftertaste to it. Yeah, no, I bet, and, and same with the the two hearted. They're both kind of a fresh. This is at that fresh grapefruit citrusy follow-up aftertaste oh, yeah. yeah yeah this has got that same bittery but also refreshing uh, they just go really great together and i don't i don't find things that pair with beer well very often this actually has made it more enjoyable to have these two together and i think you have a can of royal yacht don't you i have several cans of it yeah yeah there you go to sea bids yeah just just avoid sea bids it's addicting it's not good yeah my name's justin and i'm a cigar bids Aholic. Hi, Justin. Yeah. My name's Nate, and I'm also, a, I was a Cigar bids It's been almost three months since my last order. That's a lie. Give me your keychain. You relapsed. <laughs> you relapsed. I lost my tokens. <laughs> I lost my tokens. Oh, man. Anyway. Well, it has been a good episode. Even though you are completely wrong about Luke Skywalker being a relevant character. And episode 35 is going to come real quick. <laughs> We're skipping straight to episode 35. <laughs> it's been episode 20 uh-huh. to be continued on that topic. <laughs> but that being said, it has been a very long episode, but a very good one. And we wish all of our pals that they have a great evening. And wherever you're listening to this, be safe. Hope you enjoy it, and let us know how you think Nate's wrong about Luke Skywalker. (laughs) Have a great night. Bye, everybody.